Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Waiting on the White House press briefing so we can find out how Corinne Jean-Pierre is going to lecture to us today. And then we've got more and more people noticing that Biden's economy ain't so great. How the president gets away with saying that, you know, he's cutting the deficit more than any other president in history. Well, maybe because under his term, it's gone up more than any other amount in history. So any cut would qualify. You know, we're we're sending very mixed messages to all the young people in the world that probably don't understand exactly what's being handed off to them. What's being handed off is a big pile of garbage. That is correct. Meanwhile, the Dow is down 45. The Nasdaq is down 60. And there are members of the Federal Reserve, like John Williams, president of the New York Fed, saying that, look, 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 uh, if inflation doesn't start really trending down in a serious way, we're talking about two hour, 2% target rate. Why won't rates continue to go up? which is the opposite of what it is Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, was signaling with the latest rate increase of a quarter point to bring you to a Fed's fund target rate of five and a quarter, saying that this is probably going to be the end of the rate increases for a while. We think we're starting to get a real handle on this inflation thing. No, you're not. You know it. I know it. Your Mima knows it. The Latvians know it. We know that that's not the case. And we shouldn't lie to each other. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. There is a story about the Democratic Party. And there's been a lot of talk about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Because Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is running for president as a Democrat. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is serious about the running. That seems quite obvious. Now, he's got the the, the voice issue, right? He, he's, he's had that for, for a long time. Uh, but he's a guy who was always oppo- opposed to the abortion and... Insan- not the abortion, the... the um, What's the word? The the COVID vaccine insanity. I don't know why abortion got in there. My mistake. Always questioned the data and comes out with statements like this where you're like, huh, this is, um, this is pretty interesting. There's never been a uh, a time in history when the good guys were the people who were censoring books and censoring information. And throughout COVID, the media took on this responsibility of, uh, of uh, basically lying to the public about public health issues in order to get them to follow a certain policy, which the media believed in, apparently, which were lockdowns, mass, um, you know, the, the forced vaccination, et cetera. And now it's clear that those policies were not beneficial to public health. Um, 
but you know, uh, I think the media got into this this posture of censorship, and it's hard for them to relinquish it. That's very accurate. And we knew quickly that many of these things didn't work. Now, talk like that will get you excommunicated from the Progressive Party. Certainly, you're not going to be invited to any Christmas parties anytime soon. But as Simone Sanders noted on MSNBC, Democrats won't even be holding debates. Bobby Kennedy Jr., Doing well. He's at 19 percent. Hasn't really gotten that that much out there. I mean, it's and I'm starting to hear more and more talk about him. Are we going to actually have a challenge here? I'm trying not to laugh, Joe. There's not going to be. Can I just can I stop you for a second? Do you know? How many people said the same thing about Donald Trump That's in 2015 true. on yes, this show? Except said I will the know. same exact Left. thing. Yes, because there was going to be a Republican primary. But I really think that uh, the mealy mouth Democrats, as I like to call them, and some of my progressive friends who would like to live in a fantasy land, they need to come back to reality. And the reality is this. The sitting president of the United States of America is a Democrat, a Democrat that would like to run for re-election so much so that he has declared a re-election campaign. In that case, the Democratic National Committee will not facilitate a primary process. There will be no debate stage for Bobby Kennedy, Marine Will- Marianne Williamson, or anyone else to stand So we're going to have another Bobby Kennedy in an empty chair in the debate, right? There will be no debate. Yeah, no debate. <laughs> the Democratic yeah. National Committee administers the debates, and they're not going to set up a primary process for debates to for someone to challenge the head of the Democratic Party. Yeah. Okay. What happens when Robert F. Kennedy Jr. doesn't fall below 19%? And what happens when he climbs to 26.4? 31.8? What happens when he doesn't fade away, he just builds? What happens when you get to New Hampshire and all of a sudden you realize that he's got way too many votes for comfort. What happens when you get to South Carolina and the massive amount, as is reported, of black Democrats who have no enthusiasm for Joe Biden go, I don't know, last name's Kennedy. Click. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I must tell you honestly that I don't believe that's going to be the case. I think Jim Clyburn will do everything. He will move every bit of heaven and all of the earths to ensure that Biden remains. Just like he did in saving Biden three years ago and giving Biden the nomination. Giving it to him is what Jim Clyburn did. But this idea that it's laughable, I thought that it was a rare moment of Joe Scarborough, who I, did you hear his interview with John Fetterman? This show used to be intellectual. Ha! I will share it with you. I, enough to make you lose your mind. 
But this idea that, first of all, you discount people, don't discount people. Secondly, this idea that you're not going to have the debate, you're not going to recognize that there are other people, okay, you, I, I hear what you're saying. The Democratic Party, you know, they're, this is their guy. He's the leader of the party. They're not going to do anything to hurt him. I get you. I, I hear you, Boo Bear. I'm listening with all my ear parts. Just saying, that could come back to haunt you. It could come back. Just don't know if it will. What does Corinne Jean-Pierre have to say? And the left... Now doesn't want any Bud Light. Oh, it just keeps getting worse. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I'm so thankful that you can't eat up my scars. No one's ever loved me really enough to pull my whole world apart and put it back together. Put it back together. So in Indianapolis, there's an event that goes on every year called the Mecham Auction. And they have these kinds of auto auctions everywhere. Barrett Jackson, I think, is one. Mecham's a, a huge one. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-468-8669. Yeah, I said that right. I said that right. Um... I, every year, go through the same exact thing. I look at the auction. I'm like, I'm going to bid. I go. I'm registered to bid. And then I walk away as opposed to drive away because I buy nothing because I'm a gigantic wimp. I'm going to try this year to make this the year I drive away. I guarantee you it's not going to happen. Part of my problem is I know what I like. I don't know what it is. Let me give you an example. I am looking at Pontiacs. I am looking at, for example, a 67 Pontiac Grand Prix convertible. It's not a GTO, I agree. Here's a 66 GTO with an estimate of fifty to $60,000. It's 1966. Not actually the year I want, but hot diggity. It's fun. This is a 1969 Pontiac GTO. The estimate is four hundred to $450,000. I want you to know that is not the car that I am getting. Why? I'm in radio and not TV. Just just so we understand each other. But I, I am constantly floored at the people who know the differences, who understand the differences, can explain the differences. It's unbelievable. Uh, just in case you want to follow along, if you want to know what I'm looking at, head on over to the Cadillac section. If you head over to the Cadillac section, and there's there's two pages of it, any place that you see an Eldorado, I'm looking at it. I don't actually desire a convertible. But if you're going to do the 76 Eldorado, 
you're going to do it as a convertible. Let's not be ridiculous. And it doesn't matter which one because they're all awesome. Then there is, I believe it's on page two in your hymnal, a 1970 Cadillac DeVille convertible. It's black. This, the, I, I swear to you, you, you should be carrying around presidents in this thing. It is so awesome, I don't even know what to say. Beyond belief. And then, and this is the one that gets me. Because this one doesn't make any sense. So in the world of Cadillac, they make the the the, the V, which is this uh, supercharged en- engine. It's six point two liter engine, depending on the on the vehicle. You're over five hundred horsepower. It's incredible. Well, these days, all the V's. I mean, they don't make coupes anymore. I don't know what Cadillac is doing. They don't make a coupe anymore. It's it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But in 2012, 11 years ago, they made a wagon. The CTS V wagon. That's right. It is a 556 horsepower station wagon. And I want you to know I'm in. Of course I would. There's not even a debate that I would. It's red. This candy apple red, 556 horsepower, 11-year-old station wagon. I don't even know. I'm I am not I'm surprised I don't have one already. How could I not? I'm going to be cruising supermarkets and Costco parking lots for chicks like it's my job. Oh my, are you kidding? I, I am going to be, uh, uh, I'm, I, I'm going to crush with this vehicle. Crush. I'm going to be taking home groceries like it's my job. I, my Home Depot runs are going to be sick. Out of control. I'm going to carry other people's luggage home from the airport. That's how good it's going to be. Uh, just so you know, so you know right now, if you bid against me right there in the room, I will crush you. Crush you. That's how cool the thing is. Uh, also, I will full disclosure, I actually know the guy who brought it to the auction. I didn't, I, he, he had posted it on Facebook. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm going to sell it at the auction. I'm like, you're going to sell it at the auction? You didn't even tell me. It's that cool. So, look for it. Meanwhile, Corinne Jean-Pierre has decided to speak to the masses. The White House briefing room, the White House press secretary saying... ...of Papua New Guinea and other Pacific Island Forum leaders. I guess I don't have to listen to that right now. Although, honestly, uh, in in my defense, we don't have enough good Papua New Guinea references on the show. Fascinating that Bud Light now has the political left upset. As the story goes, there are some bar owners in Chicago. It's the Two Bears Tavern Group. They own four gay bars in Chicago. 
and they will no longer be serving Anheuser-Busch products. It is Bud Light that did a can with Dylan Mulvaney's face, a man who claims uh, to be a, a, a woman, not even a woman, this prepubescent girl that he plays. It's so, it's so insulting and horrific. I, I, am, I am only amazed that women aren't more up in arms about it. Uh, because it's clear that this transgender movement is political and has the desire to erase women. I mean, I don't know how you can't see it like that. It's, it's, it's right there. It's right there in, in, in front of you. And so they, they engage this brand ambassadorship with Dylan Mulvaney because the then vice president of marketing for Bud Light hates the user of Bud Light. Bud Light has to be more bright and inclusive, she said. People just want beer. And they want it to be fun and interesting. And it is frat beer. And it is the beer of the weekend. And it's cheap beer and it's easy and it's less calories and bring it on. And that's it. And their their attraction to you and their loyalty to you is based on the ads. And you make cool ads, right? You have cool connection in that way. And what you did is said, we hate the user. We want to insult the user. And you introduce politics into the beer. And people said, forget it. And what... Anheuser-Busch and many other people are amazed by is that the political right actually held to a boycott because of how easy it was. All they had to do was replace Bud Light with Miller Light, and they are an activist. It's great when you can make somebody an activist without doing any work. You're going to buy beer already. Just buy this beer instead of that beer, and that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Well, now... The, the uh, this group which owns four gay bars will not serve Anheuser-Busch because of the abandonment of support of Dylan Mulvaney. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're a gay bar, what does that have to do with Dylan Mulvaney? This is about misogyny and insulting women. What is this idea that the L, the G, and the B has to be get along with the T? What is this idea that somehow you're just a group of letters and not individuals? I mean, if you don't want to sell Anheuser-Busch, don't. But let's be clear. It's not an abandoning of Dylan Mulvaney that's the issue. That's not the issue. It is how Bud Light abandoned its user. That's the story. They abandoned the entire core that didn't hate you by the way gay bars in chicago they didn't care about you at all they cared about themselves they cared about a cheap beer they cared about ending a long day of work with a beer and some relaxation they cared about coming home after a crappy day of work to a beer and some relaxation that they could still afford because they didn't get the raise and that's why it was a crappy day they weren't thinking about sexuality and they didn't give a damn about yours. They never asked. They never cared. And then Bud Light was like, hey, let us shove the politics right down your throat. And people said, oh, holy hell, we just want a beer. An abandonment? That dog won't hunt. That's a bad argument, guys. Bad argument. Indeed. This is Tony Katz today.
it on. Cause you the The top line part of the story is going to be Fox News does you know what to the bed after firing Tucker Carlson. The ratings have absolutely crapped out. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Oh, and it's true. It's true. The ratings post Tucker Carlson. It's embarrassing. It's super bad. But there's another part to the story that we should indeed get to. But first, let's break it down. Let's break down what has actually happened here. First, I I must tell you that while Tucker is trying to determine how he gets out of his non-compete, which could have him wrapped up through 2025, making $20 million a year, He, of course, wants to do his own thing. He would make far more money doing his own thing, and he wants to be able to speak. So he's going to fight against this this silencing, if if you will, this non-compete. He's going to fight to be able to speak. That makes perfect sense to me. I get it wholeheartedly. I would do the same. The numbers show that Fox News, this was from Friday, May 5th. The total number of viewers in the prime time was 1.379 million. Okay, that's better than MSNBC's 1.323 million and far better than the 403,000 from CNN, the 331,000 from Newsmax, and the 85,000 on News Nation. Yeah, News Nation is pretty much down there right now. That's that is uh pretty pretty rough. Pretty rough. Uh, and I'm looking at the numbers and oh like like if if you look um Leland at News Nation, Leland Vitter, who, who's a friend, I want him to be successful. He's just getting destroyed right now. His show is uh, the lowest performer. His show is not as performing as well as a repeat of Chris Cuomo's show. But Chris Cuomo's show doesn't do as well as Elizabeth Vargas, doesn't do as well as uh, Ashley Banfield. That's a, that's a real problem for News Nation. Oh, that's rough. But that, that's not the story. Let's, let's, let's take a look at the numbers where it was 1.379 million in the total. But in the demo, what is considered the the money demo, 25 to 54 year olds. Now, in radio that's true too, right? But talk radio skews more towards men than women. So you've got 2554 men and then you have 2554p which refers to as persons. I've never understood how the money demo isn't 35 to 64 year olds. Don't they have more money by definition? More time to work, more time to build up their 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 business, their their savings, etc. Wouldn't that be the group you wanna you wanna advertise to? Just seems to me like that would be the bigger that would be the bigger group. One man's theory, one man's theory. But they go twenty five fifty four. In the twenty five fifty four demo, taking a look at prime time, which would be uh, eight to ten p.m. 
right? The 8 p.m., the 9 p.m., the 10 p.m. shows. So that would have been Tucker, uh, Hannity, and Laura Ingram. Uh, they did 94,000 on Fox. They did 138,000 on MSNBC. In the demo, the prime money demo, Fox got beat. And they got beat soundly. Because the total number of viewers in the 8 p.m. hour, that Tucker Carlson hour, Chris Hayes beat Fox News tonight by almost 100,000 viewers. But Hannity beats Alex Wagner by over 100,000 viewers. And Laura Ingram beats Stephanie Rule by over 100,000 viewers. So Fox wins the overall viewership, but they lose... In the money demo, they lost on uh, in the 8 p.m. hour, that Tucker hour. They lost in the Hannity hour. They lost in the Ingram Angle hour. Gutfeld literally crushes the competition at 11 p.m., destroys them. While Stephanie Rule gets uh, 865,000 viewers, 88,000 in the demo, Gutfeld has 1.4 million viewers and 196,000 in the demo. That's just destroying the competition. The only thing close, the five, which is the overall winner. 2.3 million people watching, 211,000 in the demo. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy town. Uh, Jesse Waters has more viewers, but he doesn't have as many people in the demo. Just so, uh, so just sharing those those numbers with you. Didn't mean to get too into the weeds. It's just it's fascinating. So Fox is getting punched in the face. Fox drops Tucker, and the ratings are cratering, and they're bleeding viewers. Hold up real quick, because there's a part two to that story. Procter & Gamble is now running ads in Fox News tonight. Let me say that again. Procter & Gamble, which stayed away from Fox while Tucker was there, is now on Fox. You know what else is on there? Ozempic. Scott's Miracle Grow, those are showing up. Now, this is the part that people don't like to talk about. These very, very silent boycotts that have been happening, and you guys know this stuff because this was happening in the days of the late, great Rush Limbaugh, where the left was desperate to try and get Limbaugh off the air, desperate to put an end to his ability to convert people, to change minds, to influence people. And they started saying, we won't advertise on Russia's show. As a matter of fact, we won't advertise on a Rush Limbaugh station. The whole station. Now, Rush had advertisers, but the station certainly did suffer. If you take a look at the type of advertisers that Fox has in comparison to, let's say, a CNN, Fox has the bigger audience, but CNN gets Mercedes to advertise. Why doesn't Fox? Why doesn't Fox get those kinds of advertisers? 
because the push has been for those advertisers not to support that ugly material right there. The first part of this is actually a fascinating part, which is to say the advertiser isn't saying like some people would believe, my gosh, I'll never touch that Fox News. They're saying, my God, I'd love to actually embrace that audience. I'd love to get a hold of that audience somehow and in some way. Give me a way to do it. Maybe that's what Fox News was thinking when they said, let's put an end to this. What if they said to themselves, we may lose the viewers, but we'll get the advertisers and we'll get some of the viewers back and we'll be in a better position. Now, I am not arguing that you can't disagree with such a thing. I'm asking whether or not that could have happened. And is exactly what we're seeing proof of what I'm saying? We're seeing the ratings go down. We're seeing the audience crater. But as has been quoted by Jeff Collins, executive vice president of ad sales at Fox News Media, we have had over 40 new advertisers come into the hour since we launched the new program, including some of the largest in the country and really across all major categories. We have seen new advertisers come in and new demand. What's important to note here is that things don't happen in a vacuum. And that the anger that the audience has, which is real and palpable, and I still don't quite understand why the the people at Fox made this move, getting rid of Tucker in this way. Wouldn't this answer that question, Tony? I started with, I don't know why Tucker, why, why they got rid of Tucker. Now I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh... Now I know why they got rid of Tucker. Now you start to see it. Over 40 new advertisers? You might have less of an audience, but it's not like you have no audience. Your audience for prime time in the average de- in, in in the key demo is still greater than CNN. So what do you got to lose? Nothing. Yeah, you get a lot of screaming and a lot of yelling and a lot of gnashing of teeth and a lot of people screaming, your mother and whatever else at some kind of Fox executive. But then you take a look at the cash and you're like, hot damn. Hot damn, look at that. Look at the sweet, sweet cash. Look at the money. Look at the advertisers. And not just in the 8 p.m. show, all across the network. In all of the day parts, in all of the shows. Isn't this better? After all, isn't this what we're in the business of, of making some money? What, you're going to deny the fact that they're in the business of making money? Really? This is what you're going to do. You're going to claim to me to be a capitalist and a conservative, and you're going to deny that they're in the business of making money. Well, Tony, they should be holding firm to the things that can keep America from going under. I want them to be smart. I want them to be honest. And I want them to recognize progressive failings. Absolutely true. 
You know they can't do that if they're not in business, right? I don't like the way it happened. But it is very obvious now to me that they made a decision. And that's a business decision. And whether it was Tucker who instigated the I'm out of here or Fox who instigated the you're out of here or Fox that pushed Tucker to instigate the I'm out of here, however that went down, I am not anti-Tucker by any stretch of the imagination, even when I disagree with him, more voices the better. I am in favor of Fox staying in business. The question that we should be asking, because when you hear that from me, I think the, the natural response or the response I would expect is, well, Tony, if the, the question is now they're in business, but to, to what end? To what purpose? If they're going to be in business and be like MSNBC, are we better off that they're in business? I think that's the most legitimate question out there. And on that, the only thing I can answer is, can I see what they do in six months? I want Fox in business. I want plenty of those Fox people engaged in the conversations that they're engaged in. I want Gutfeld doing his thing. I want Dana Perino doing her thing. I want Hemmer and I want Steve Ducey doing their things. I want to hear from these people. I want to see Lawrence Jones grow and build. I want to see if Jesse Waters can put a network on his back. I want to see if they collapse. Or I want to see if they find a way to thrive. I want to see if they find a way to grab a new audience. I want to see if they're still going to have important, valuable conversations to push against the flat-out bigotry of Joy Reid and the hatred of Mehdi Hassan over at MSNBC. I want to see if they will continually remind people that CNN lied about Russia, Russia, Russia for years. Promoted Michael Avenatti, promoted Adam Schiff, hired Andrew McCabe, hired James Clapper, hired the commie John Brennan, allowed Peter Strzok a platform, and still to this day haven't figured out that George, what's his name, who George Conway, who is married to Kellyanne Conway, is a fraud. Now, why do I, I say fraud? Because the only reason we pay attention to him is that he was married to Kellyanne Conway, who actually did something with her career. And he happens to hate Trump. That, to me, is not somebody who's interesting. That's somebody who's playing a character. He might believe it, but the only reason we're interested in him is because who he was married to. We we interview people or we talk to people. We believe people because who they're having sex with. That's weird. That's weird stuff. I don't like that. What will Fox do? What will Fox become? How will Fox handle? Man, that's legit. Are they still engaged in the right fight? Legit question. I'm there. Actually, the only question that should be asked once you say, uh, shouldn't they be able to make a living? Aren't they in the business to make money? If they stay in business, aren't we better off? And the answer is, well, only if they're doing the job. Yeah. And that's a time we'll tell one. I will say this, for everything I just said about Fox, take this to the bank. Fox will not make as much money from that hour as Tucker will from any 20 minutes he does on a daily basis with a podcast or a video series. Tucker is going to clean up of that. There is no doubt. And he's going to win the fight on his non-compete. I'm pretty sure of that. I'm Tony Katz. 
If you have children that utilize Princeton Review or Tutor.com, be advised that these apps, programs, platforms, however you want to describe it, they've been sold to a Chinese private equity firm. A Chinese private equity firm named Primavera Capital Group, which means they're now controlled by the Communist Chinese Party. And I wouldn't let my kids utilize these services to get ready for a test ever. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Now, it wasn't sold by an American company. It was actually a South Korean company that owned these things and then sold them to the Chinese company. But these things cannot be allowed. This was done very, very quietly because they didn't want to create a lot of noise uh, uh, from it. This is a problem. Never mind that you're getting uh, people's personal data. You're talking about discussing how U.S. citizens engage the opportunities to build out uh, their higher education. I wouldn't give this information to the Chinese. I wouldn't allow them to operate in the United States. We have to get more and more serious on this subject. Chinese nationals cannot own businesses or land in the United States. Chinese nationals cannot own land, can't own farmland, can't own a business, can't own a building, cannot own an ice cream parlor. None of it. That's just the way it is for our safety and to ensure that we don't have problems that could hurt U.S. signal relations in the future. We can't allow this to happen. That's all, China. You understand national security. You know. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. <laughs>